time is 10.08. <laughs> super excited to be delivering this as usual but today is even more exciting because we have one of our faves in-house with us so we have Tommy of my career couch here with us today and we're Hello going to talking about job popping is it the new black is it the new promotion like what is really the take from an expert on job popping because there is basically <laughs> it's like a trending topic right now so Tommy mm-hmm. say hi to everyone Good morning, everyone. Hello, everyone. Um, so funny when she said the experts on job hopping. I don't know if you mean that because I'm a job hopper or because I work in HR and I see how job hopping works. But yeah, mm-hmm. let's talk. Let's yeah, talk. so I actually meant to be the expert on all things career versus like job hopping and stuff. Oh, no, no, because I'm an expert on job hopping. So I'd love to share my perspective. Yeah. <laughs> So it's even good, self. It's actually good. It's good. It's good. It's good. So tell me that is it as an ex, the expert, but also you know even more so. Like we're going to talk about job hopping. She has a lot of you know gems. Both both of us have even had conversations about this. Um, you know, offline, like in my own journey and yours and all of that. So yeah, very excited. Okay, so jump in. Um, so to me, I guess tell us a little bit about yourself, your career journey, and also the journey to my career couch. So in a few minutes, just give us. I know that. Your journey is very long, but I want you Quite. to just, you know, just capture it. <laughs> just give us like the, you know, the hot and heavy. I work as an HR professional and I'm what we call a senior people advisor. So essentially what I cover is basically the whole HR desk. So everything from recruitment, onboarding, offboarding, policies, you know, at this point, I'm covering the full HR room, providing operation, operational and strategic HR support to a business currently working at a fintech in London. Um, HR is actually something I really, really enjoy, at least for now, you know. I got my first degree in law, um, tried some internships here and there. Immediately obvious that law was not for me. Did a master's in in HR and, you know, it's been smooth sailing ever since. I've worked in Nigeria, home, my home country, Lagos, Nigeria. That's basically where I started my career. And then I moved to London in 2018. Um, you know, life happens. You find yourself on the other side of the world, even though you didn't want to. And trying to break into the job market here was really tough. So here being in London, I had all this experience. I I had the degrees, I had the qualifications, the certifications, but breaking into the job market was just very tough. It just wasn't happening. And through that process, I learned that there were quite a few things. So I was unemployed for like almost a year, you know, in 2018. And through that process, I learned that there were so many things that were lacking. So when I finally got the job and I finally made it in the market, when I finally started making my way, I realized that some of the things that were lacking were one, lack of confidence, you know, two, not understanding the system properly and showing yourself in the best light, you know, no network. And these were things that seemed very important to launching and growing your career here anyways because I hadn't worked here because I didn't have all those things already I was like so why didn't someone just tell me that and I just thought okay with the amount of immigrants and international students coming here every year I'd love to create somewhere where they can just learn about these things where they can find you know a safe space to talk about their career woes and make it work for them and that's how my career couch started in 2020 with the help of Miwa of course (laughs) and since then it's been yeah it's been really it's been really something let's just leave it at that I'm going to say it's been phenomenal, like it's been amazing and you know, you Thank saying you. it's been something is almost playing it down because I think I've been privy to the journey literally from the very I think the very literally. first post the, you know, when the logo came <laughs> up. I've watched it like just been you know, just just to see it as you know, as your friend, but also as somebody who was just in the service and coaching industry, just watching you like add value and it just grew mm-hmm. and grew and it's just a testament to again, you know, I like what you said about you know, why didn't anybody tell me this and I think this Mm -hmm. is the thing with a lot of you know career advice business advice just generally is that there's there's people with the knowledge but then people Mm -hmm. who don't have the knowledge because there you can't find it anywhere sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just easier to maybe try and figure it out on your own and then you go Mm -hmm. to school of google school of diy Mm -hmm. um, and maybe sometimes there's a bit of oh I don't want to have these conversations not not necessarily Mm -hmm. shame but there's just a bit of well, it seems like everybody else has it figured out. But then mm-hmm. once you start, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you've realized, um, mm-hmm. maybe by the people that even reach out to you, it's like nobody actually has, nobody's the ultimate, like, nobody, you know, all. nobody yeah. has it figured out. We're all just trying as well. Like every We're day is like you're taking honestly. this step. 
does it work mm-hmm. does it not work so mm-hmm. honestly i love as in i love my career couch like obviously i'm biased <laughs> been a because big supporter. we're friends <laughs> because we're friends, but also like just even like i said just as a as an observer like as your target audience as somebody who's also you know i i, I you know i live in the uk but i'm also nigerian and i see or have mm-hmm. friends or have conversations mentees who mm-hmm. you know they relocate and they struggle and all that the value yeah. that you give is is ridiculous like some thank of your carousels and like this you. is a whole course in itself <laughs> it's a whole <laughs> entire program like she's just giving them but it's for amazing. free you're, you're doing the lord's work so thank you thank so much you. it's amazing thank it's amazing so okay so you know we're going to really just dive right in we're talking about job hopping today and and mm-hmm. the reason why this came to mind is because right now i mean cost of living is cost of living in yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it adulting is. is adulting and sometimes we it find is. ourselves in you know you're in a role and you're like actually um and, and i've read somewhere and i you know you can validate that as well that when you've been mm-hmm. in a role for i think it's more than three years or something automatically you know that you're underpriced like you are yes. compared to you know you're under already undervalued compared to mm-hmm. what you should be valued for in the market mm-hmm. so I guess, and, and then let, let's take it back a step to say, you know, with some of our parents, our parents were like, I think they were baby boomers, I'm not really sure, but, you know, they will work in companies for 20 years, 30 years, Honestly. you know, do the same thing. And so growing up, I think it was just deemed as not quite great, right, to job home mm-hmm. and, you know, move That's from this exactly. place to this place, you look restless, etc. So what I want to find out from you is, is there still a stigma around job hopping from a recruiter's perspective? Does it look bad on your CV or not? Just starting from what you said, like back, you think to our parents, times or the baby boomers mm-hmm. there was actually a time where you were rewarded for loyalty right the mm-hmm. the pension pots were huge the employee benefits were huge you know if you stay somewhere for 10 years the the bonus you're getting for that it's i mean it could probably fund a, a whole lifestyle right now that was available then so it made sense for them to stay right mm-hmm. employee loyalty was well rewarded but as you can see, the economy keeps changing, keeps shrinking. It just almost seems like just gloom and doom every day. So in the past, that's why employers, recruiters, they, sh- they saw job hopping as a risk. Because they're like, okay, you have everything in this company, but you're only staying three years here, three years here. What is the issue? They viewed it as a sign that maybe this applicant or this candidate is just non-committal. But yes, the stigma is still there, sort of. But job hopping has become a lot more common. And I guess we should define job hopping, right? Job hopping is just basically changing jobs within a relatively short span. So I guess we could say every one to three years, you know, you don't stay at a job for more than three years. You're, you know, you're looked as a job hopper, you're constantly changing. But right now it is, it, st- it still has its um, stigma, but it's a lot more, it's, it's not as bad as before, basically. And also because if you see the generation of the recruiters as well is changing. If you think, you know, if you think about it, I feel like maybe previously they were of that baby boy generation but now you know it's us you know i'm a recruiter i recruit sometimes if i see um every one year every two years i'm like okay these are my peoples and i just want to find out (laughs) why okay what's happened and sometimes there's just no why it's just like okay that's it people are now being they're seeing themselves as which is what's correct they see themselves as skills their knowledge they're like okay I have something to give to this company and in reward, they're giving me something. Once that's over, we move on and that should be fine in my opinion, but it's not always fine. So, yeah. Yeah. So would you say, and there's so, you know, that point that you just made on the the age the generation of recruiters is mm-hmm. also changing or has changed mm-hmm. and Absolutely. so what's you know what we're looking for you know as either employers or hiring managers or you know people mm-hmm. who are interviewing other people is very very different from what was Quite. looked at say 10 years ago when we were grads mm-hmm. or you know prior to that um so i guess from your perspective is there a right or right um, or wrong time to move would you say that there is a you know maybe an ideal minimum that you should look to that doesn't look that doesn't look crazy okay let me take that in two parts when is the right time to leave a job one once the job starts becoming unhealthy and unhealthy we mean different things to different people so is the culture too toxic for you and you can't stand it anymore is it that you really value work-life balance and there's none you know are you feeling isolated by your team do you just have this gut feeling that this place is not for me this is not right for me is it making you question your morals or your ethics, making you do things that, you know, is completely against me? Sometimes you just dread going in for whatever reason. You know, unhealthy can mean different things to different people. So once you're experiencing that, please move. Even if you've been there three months, if you've been there four months, 
right? Because what you're doing is if you're trying to save, you know, face, as we say, and stay for, okay, I don't want to look like a job hopper. Let me job hopper. Let me leave after three years. Mm-hmm. You would not realize how much that unhealth, how much the unhealthy behaviors are eating away at you, right? You'll be eating away at your confidence, your self-esteem, even your progress. So you will literally be wasting three years just because you don't want to look bad. Also, if it's affecting you that badly, your progress can be great. So you'd see that you are failing in your performance reviews. You are not really a shining star anymore. So you're doing yourself a major disservice by sitting back and hoping to look, you know, I don't want to look like a job. Another thing that you can signal the right time to move a to leave a job is if your growth is slowed i don't know about anyone listening but for most people we are at the job to grow i don't think you know anyone just goes in oh for the sake of going let me have a job so you want to grow you want to progress in your career but you're they're underusing your skills you know you just feel like my potential is not being used to its best advantage i could be doing so much more somewhere else I, my career progression is next to nothing i'm underpaid then that's the right time to go then just leave right there's no minimum i, I always say i say these things because the thing in the long run to look good will affect you because what is the point of staying at a job for three years? Your skills are not developing, no progression. And literally you come out at the same level as where you were. When you could have left in three, four months, even scrub that off your CV, just let nobody even know you were there because it was a complete waste of your time. And then, you know, get something better that would actually make you grow. So those are those two things, especially, I'm sure there's many more reasons, but those are the two major reasons that anyone who calls me on the couch, or anyone who wants to talk to me one-to-one says, I'm not sure if I should leave. I just started. I'm like, okay, is it any of these, first of all? If it's something like, okay, I can't, I don't really like my teammates. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, don't, I can't guarantee that if you go somewhere else, you're going to like those ones. So let's get to the bottom of it. So those, those would be the right times for me. Wrong time, I think. If you look at the markets, um, where there was like lots of redundancies, downsizing, mm-hmm. you already know that, okay, this is probably not the best time to jump ship. I always tell people, don't leave before you get your bonus or your payout. Don't you, why don't you just wait? You know, get this money and then go. Mm-hmm. Or leaving without a plan. You know, and without a plan could literally, your plan could actually be, oh, I'm taking a break. I'm not doing anything. That's fine. Yeah. But just have a plan. So if you yeah. leave without a plan, I think you're, as they say, you're, you fail to plan, plan to fail so that's kind of like right and wrong time now in terms of the duration I personally don't focus on duration I say because you know if these things are already you know if it's unhealthy if your growth is slowed if you're literally feeling like there's a threat to my life and you've only been there for six months even if it's one week leave there will be other jobs that will take you on and I think what people need to just get straight which a lot of people are failing at, if I'm being honest, is their reasons for leaving. That's what they should focus on. Think about the story around that. Yeah. 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 You literally ended at the, you know, where you've ended is the beginning of my next question. But before that, (laughs) I think I just want to, you know, kind of summarize and just, just touch on some of the points that you've mentioned. I think there are actually two parts, which I didn't think about before that, you know, when you're considering right and wrong time to move, there's Mm -hmm. no point staying and saying, oh, well, because... So I've read mm-hmm. on, online somewhere that it looks bad if I leave after, you know, one week mm-hmm. or two weeks, then I should de- therefore stay in a, in a toxic role or a role that is mm-hmm. making me, you know, afraid. It's making me anxious. It's really affecting my mental health. So we have to mm-hmm. kind of look at the, you know, look at the timing with it, you know, it's, it's very different and there are different perspectives mm-hmm. to it. And it's, it's such a dynamic question in that there are different sides to it, you know, right and wrong mm-hmm. time, timing-wise, but also, like, situation-wise as well. Like, Correct. what is the current situation? You know, does this work for me? Does it work for my mm-hmm. mental health? But then also, timing-wise, you know, okay, what is what, what does the market look like? But also, mm-hmm. financially, like, how is, how can this play out in the best way for me financially mm, does that mean honestly. waiting for my bonus and i check out or does that mean you know at least saving a bit or does that mean taking a break but i know what i'm going to do in my break mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and all of that so those are really really incredible things to consider that it's yeah. not just about the time as in the, the quantity Mm-mm. but also situation yeah. so that's that's really great thank you so much um thank you think, and i love how you summarize that sorry to jump in again yeah, i think no, no, timing is the last thing Mm-hmm. you know don't start counting the time think about the value so far it's like okay do I have any much anything more to gain from here do I literally feel like I'm about to throw up every morning mm-hmm. then you can then start saying oh but it's only been this and if you are comfortable so you see another thing that happens is we get distracted by new and shining things quite yeah. often right so when you know if things are going well you've just been I guess enticed by more pay or more benefits 
you know, then you should start thinking, okay, beyond this pay, beyond the benefits that this new place is offering me, do I still have more value to gain from here? Then then stay, you know. Yeah. I just want to make it clear that I'm not advocating for people to job hop. Honestly, I'm just advocating for people to do what works best for you. Careers should be so personal. Do not worry. Look, I'm the HR lady. Do not worry about your company. <laughs> yeah. Your company is absolutely fine. They do not worry about you. Okay, that's just such, gonna leave it there. Such a good <laughs> that that one that is a thing. I know from B has captured that one because honestly, like your company, sometimes we're so you know. I think the 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 first I was going to talk about a job experience, but actually the second time, you know, the, the time that I resigned from a role, I felt so mm. bad. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't believe I'm leaving. You know, I feel somehow <laughs> like this is so because again, especially when you know, there's two roles that I've left and. One was like super, super, super toxic, but one was like, you know, mm-hmm. there was nothing wrong. I just found something better. And that was very, mm-hmm. I found that that was very hard to explain. And, you know, mm-hmm. it felt, if you almost felt like some sort of, some sort of guilt around it. But like mm-hmm. you said, you mm-hmm. know, from a HR perspective, like your company will move on, you know, they'll be okay. Everybody Girl. will survive. Um, But mm-hmm. also again, you know, this topic is so, is so, it's so important. And that's why I keep going back in that it's what works at the time. And sometimes mm-hmm. we also want to do what makes sense for our situation in all aspects. Yeah. So I was, you know, my first role, the first ever job I worked in my graduate role, that job was tuck sick. Like, really? Was, you know, you carry it, that thing very well. I, I could it, never tell. So people always say, oh, I can't believe, you know, again, I, yeah. and I was at that job for what, three and a half years um, yeah. before I left. Like it had, you know, by the time I left, it was, it had reached me to like my, my, my neck, you know, I was, wow. I was drowning. It was the worst, mm-hmm. like it was one of the worst experiences of my life. However, wow. what was my, what was my reality at that time? You know, now I'm British, but at the time I was an international student. And I know many of your, um, you know, many of people in your audience will relate to this. Mm-hmm. Many of people who might be listening, maybe you've relocated, you're on a visa and all of that kind of stuff and so you're tied to that company it would be incredibly amazing mm-hmm. so in my case in the end I eventually found another company to sponsor my visa mm-hmm. you know until I got my passport but you know again it's um that's the best case scenario you find another mm-hmm. company to sponsor you and then you jump ship but at that time there was the reality of if I jump like if I say well I can't cope I just can't cope it's hell I'm off right Mm-hmm, what that puts mm-hmm. me you know what that what that means for me is that i'm returning like i'm returning back to nigeria but not on my own terms mm-hmm. right and we could tell because i have mm-hmm. to now what was mm-hmm. at stake for me was getting a british passport being able to settle and get up other opportunities so again the long-term roi was much greater than the short-term suffering yes. like i just needed to hang in there for a little bit um so mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. it's always about personal situations because at the time a lot of people were like why don't you just quit why don't you just quit it was very tempting too but you know, being very, you know, again, sometimes we have to just be in a situation, try to, I don't want to say endure, because that's not a word for millennials mm-hmm. or Gen Z. It's a very baby boomer <laughs> word, but again, based on your reality and your circumstances. Yeah. Tommy said, having a plan. If your plan is, I need mm-hmm. to find another job that will sponsor me, then get mm-hmm. help. Hire somebody like Tommy, <laughs> you know, to <laughs> help you with like repackaging yourself. Like, how can I get, do you get what I mean? At the time, mm-hmm. at that time, I mean, 100%. 10 years ago, they were like, like career coaching and consulting and advice she wasn't even I don't think I even knew where to find somebody to help me so I didn't know again so I had to suffer for so long it probably would have been shorter if I had found right somebody to advise Mm -hmm. me on 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 the best way to go so again assessing your situation and getting help pick out ask somebody reach out to somebody who's a career coach career consultant you know career counselor Mm -hmm. and get the help so yeah coastline all of that yeah really really great okay so the next question actually I had for you was when you then obviously job you know when you've now job hopped whatever and they like, mm-hmm. landed yourself an interview and they ask you because they always ask what is of your course. what was your reason for leaving or if they you know um mm-hmm. what was your reason for leaving or what is the reason why you've left in such a short time what's the best way mm-hmm. to frame the answer to that some situations are easy to explain you know mm-hmm. moving location the business closed oh i was ill for a while so i had to take time off you know those are fine mm-hmm. but when the situation becomes tricky you have to be very tactful. And I've mastered this over the years. I'm telling you, I've worked, what, five, six jobs in the last six, three years. Mm-hmm. Very unapologetic about it. Um, so when it's tricky, you have, to, you have to handle it tactfully, mm-hmm. right? One, be upfront about your reasons for leaving. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, those reasons, you must get it straight. Get your story straight. Never, ever talk negatively about your previous company, your bot, you know, 
you don't want to bring any negative sentiments into it. This is my, I feel like this is my number one advice for people. Just keep it short and sweet. Because when you talk too much, you start to look guilty. You know, people just start going round and round in circles. I'm Because I've seen some interviews, I'm like, did you not think of this reason before you go here? Keep it short and sweet, you know. Then explain, always, always, always explain what you're looking for in your next step and how this role is the good fit for your next step, right? So when you're upfront, you know, I was working at this place, but when I got settled into the role, I quickly realized that what was described in the job ad was very different from what was, you know, the company, they might okay, say, what was, you know, what were you looking for? Um, Say, I was looking for more project work, but this was a lot more of admin, you know, and I did speak to my manager. You can also talk about the steps. I spoke to my manager about it, but she explained that that's what the role is going to be for now. Um, I look for more suitable companies that were non-available. I'm certain, but I'm certain this role will be perfect because, you know, I spoke to this person or I spoke with the recruiter and they explained so, so, and so. So reasons that make sense would be reasons of a mismatch. And all of those things I talk about, they're, they're a mismatch as well. So what I signed up for and what was the reality they were not the same. So when I was interviewing, I accepted the role. I was told it would, it would involve, you know, so and so, so and so. But when I joined, material differences and everything, and what was advised and what was ex- what I expected, even if it's not at the time, you could even if it's not immediately, because th- that's those kind of um, excuses, not excuses, those kind of explanations are great when you know it's short term. You yeah. know, you could see if you've stayed for like a year, even if you've stayed two years, you let them know the requirements of the job change significantly. You know, I took the role with the understanding that this, but in the second year, they introduced this. You know, most of my time is spent on this, which is neither my passion nor my area of expertise. So unfortunately, I had to leave. But you always want to make sure that your reason for leaving is not something that is going to be offered in this new position. Because imagine you're saying, oh, you know, I didn't expect to be using so much Microsoft Excel, but then this role is all about Microsoft Excel. You know, it's like, um, okay, well, you know. You know, so you could say things like, you know, at this stage in my career, I wanted to develop my skills and so, so and so. But this company didn't have an opportunity for me to do that. And after much consideration, it's become clear that I've hit the ceiling. I saw this role is offering exactly what I'm looking for. So, you know, they will poke. They want to know reasons why. But they just you just have to be on upfront, Mm. positive, keep the story short and sweet, but explain. That's that sweet spot. So that by the time you explain what you're looking for in your next step, the conversation quickly switches. So, okay, so this is what you're looking for. Yes. This is what you're looking for. And then now they then start thinking, okay, well, is that what we offer? And then you're then talking about, you're immediately going to the steps that you've taken to realize that, okay, this role is the best one for you. This is why this one will work. This is why, you know, um, this is the next best, best step. That would, yes. be, that would be my advice. Yes, that's really helpful. Because one thing you said, which, you know, again, thinking about how to frame the question, which is so helpful actually, is that, it's not just about the push factor. So it's not just about, mm-hmm. oh, this is why I left. You know, of course you need mm-hmm. to get that, you know, you need to get that um, explanation like articulated properly in your head. The story, it's straight, it's non-negative. It's kind mm-hmm. of very sort of, um, it's very objective, right? I left because XYZ did not match XYZ or XYZ this, XYZ that. But also mm-hmm. the sweet spot between then transitioning that into this is my pull factor into your own company. Exactly. You know, so yes, I you know, my push factors were XYZ, but... On the flip side, you know, the reason why this now led me to this opportunity or why this role now, you know, seems obviously attractive to me is because X, Y, Z reasons. And again, back to your point about, you know, research, right? Research about the company you're interviewing with. You want to make sure that those pull factors you're, in fact, you should probably frame your pull factors about around the role description or what they're saying you need to be good at or something, you know. So, you know, it's explaining why you've left, Mm -hmm. but then tying why you, you know, tying it to why you want them, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody likes to be preferred, right? (laughs) You know, lucky. Yes, and and the thing is, most times where you're leaving a job so quickly, mm-hmm. you're going to something completely similar, right? If I'm leaving yeah. my senior advisor role, I'm going to go and become another senior advisor. So yes. how can I really explain, that? okay, I'm leaving this to come to this, which is the exact same. But just as you said, everybody wants to be preferred, yes. right? So you really have to do that research and find out what is it about this one that's going to be completely different from the old one. 
and obviously you're not going to be using strong terms like toxic or yeah. you know, you know <laughs> stuff like that yeah absolutely absolutely um you know I think when I moved I I think it was more you know again my new role was when I moved from first company I worked into to the next one new role was very mm-hmm. project focused just back to your point new mm-hmm. role was very project focused the other one was line like it was like you know industry expertise lots of domain like mm-hmm. on a particular subject and that was what I used all the time I didn't want to be you know a sort of deep deep expert I, I didn't want to specialize I wanted to be a generalist around mm-hmm. like projects multiple different projects which is what you offer so again tying into the full factors of what the new company offers so that research is like non-negotiable around your new company so really really mm-hmm. great um mm-hmm. actually this reasons for leaving question i think i want to so it's not it's not part of the things that i had planned to ask you but you know mm-hmm. it's something that came to mind because you said you know similar roles when somebody is pivoting so let's say you are now you've been in i don't know you've been in financial services and now mm-hmm. you want to go into you know a different industry altogether maybe real estate or fintech something you know tech tech or anything else how does one i guess what's the best way to to approach that when people say why are you leaving mm-hmm. this industry altogether or why are you you know why are you pivoting that's even perfect you know you're making a career change but the thing about career changes is you have to have your story of when that's aha moment occurred that okay this is what I want to go into so you you've been working in financial services right is it that you've been working with a real estate client for the last three years and beyond offering them financial advice you know you've had a chance to actually work on their real estate portfolios you've done this real estate work that real estate work you have really really enjoyed that so you took some courses you know you've actually been doing some volunteer work see when it comes to career, when it comes to jobs in general, right, a lot of people just think that your passion is enough. Passion mm-hmm. is great, yes, but on the on the employer side, they're paying for something. They have a problem that they need that needs to be solved, right? They have a vacancy that needs to be filled. So the fact that you want it, that's great for you, you know. Congrats. <laughs> but what have you done? And that's I feel like I have to convince candidates about this a lot. You know, they're like, yeah, I know I can do it. I'm like. Congrats to you. This person is offering, what, 75K? You think they want to give their 75K per year to someone who feels... Well, passion is now. The rest of us like, You want to show what have you done. And that's why when I say take on projects, you know, that's what these boot camps are for. It's not just to sit through the course, put you on your CV. It's like, okay, these are the steps I have taken to show you that I can do this job, right? Mm -hmm. So I can see that part of this role is going to involve this, 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 and this. With my financial background, I know I'll fit right in because what I worked on majorly in finance is analyzing this sort of data. And I can already see in your real estate data, you need to do this. You know, working with these clients, I help them do this. I went over and beyond my job because all I needed to help them do was this part. But as I got really interested in the real estate side, I, you know, there's, you know, everything is just good storytelling, but obviously not lies. You know, you must tell yes. the real stories. Yes. So when it comes to career changes, you know, companies are very, they, they have, because one of the trends that we're actually going to see in the next few years is what we call non-traditional candidates, right? We're moving away. I'm sure, in fact, we've moved away a long time ago from those linear career paths. People are yeah. just coming, doing all sorts of wonderful things. You could fly a plane today, tomorrow you decide you want to work in work as a barista the next yes. day you want to be a lawyer but as long as you can show that you know what you want and you have taken steps you've taken steps to actually mm-hmm. gain that experience before don't come and make it all my problem me as the employer that okay yes I've done this I've done a few courses online but you know when I get the job I'll learn more. I'm like well no <laughs> How about you know no, no. <laughs> yeah and also because candidates these days they're very proactive yeah, you know, I know we we la- we laugh sometimes, or we joke about these people on TikTok and how they're making all these cool videos. But I fell down a TikTok rabbit hole one time, and mm-hmm. you know, I was seeing university students just like randomly creating campaigns mm-hmm. on for their TikTok. So you know, it was like a, she was holding when I remember the video, she was holding like a can of Coke. Oh no, there's a can of Coke on the table, and then she was pouring water I on it. From, you know, those kind of. So imagine as a marketing, um, a marketing, yes, the VP of marketing, manager, somebody. Yes. Sub- sends that in as their application okay I haven't had any experience but look at how I've built my experience what more do you need I mean no shade to my company but that girl's TikToks and some of you know 
I mean, that is world class right there. So if she if she applied, I'm not even going to be reading the CV. If they, if she just said, oh, here's the link to my TikTok. Um, these are the kind of campaigns I've created, not for any brands in particular, but this is the way I would do it, nice. right? So if you're taking, there's so much at our disposal these days. That's why I keep pushing people that, look, get the experience on your own. Stop relying. Forget about that whole, oh, I need a job to get experience, but I don't have experience, mm-hmm. so I can't get the job. People are getting jobs from the comfort of their homes these days. So yeah like i went off on a complete tangent but yeah i hope i even answered that question in fact you answered it but it was was so good and this is why you're obviously this is why you're the expert obviously because (laughs) you're answering the questions we have prepared i'm sure we can testify to this like we have these questions prepared because one of your questions and anyway we'll get to it but you've already kind of touched on it and you said it's literally your next question but before you know before we go into that i just want to because Mm -hmm. again sometimes with with listeners i just want to tie back just quickly you know what what, what you just went through as because I, I was taking some notes as you were speaking one of the things is you know transferable skills it's not just oh yes i have 10 years of experience therefore take me mm-hmm. as i am you know this is mm-hmm. all the amazing things i've done i'm a boss mm-hmm. therefore hire me especially when you're pivoting right um especially. it's it's around transferable skills like okay i've done this i had this aha moment you know that i didn't mm-hmm. you know that was such a good point by the way that aha moment like okay what, what was the turning yeah. point for you again storytelling mm-hmm. marketing yourself this is how you market yourself i had this aha moment i started to do more of this thing so so what did mm-hmm. i do so like what's the so what factor so so what did i do mm-hmm. and so how does mm-hmm. it help your industry how does it help your company what's 100%. in it for you as a company to take this risk and take this chance on me who has spent the last mm-hmm. 10 years doing something completely different. Completely but, different. you know, again, exactly. I have a value to add. This is the value to add. So it's not just about, like Tommy said, when everybody's passionate, right? It's not just about mm-hmm. being passionate. It's about what do I then have to give? What is in it for the company, you know, for them to then expense me as a staff or as a, you know, as a member of staff. So that's really, really, that's really, really, really helpful. You know, yeah. transferable skills, start to gain them, find them find avenues to be proactive and uh, and be a self-starter by finding transferable skills if you want to pivot and and nail your storytelling nail your storytelling yes. these are all the things that yeah. again you know if, you, if, you, if you're somebody like this you need this help you know again this is why you're <laughs> saying just go to my career couch because I mean, it's quite evident why you should work with her okay so you know like i said you had already started answering our next question for you which was like what trends do you see and i think the top, you know, what you just talked about is what I would love to unpack with you. What trends mm-hmm. do you see in the job market in the next 12 to 18 months? You just touched on something which I find which, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. So you piqued my curiosity there um, around non-traditional yes. hires. And I would love for us to just talk yeah. about that a bit. Non-traditional, as I said, you know, we're moving away from degrees, focusing on degrees. You know, there used to be a time, and I even when I first moved to the UK as part of the um recruitment compliance you know you'd have this checkbox you need to make sure this person has this person has this mm-hmm. university degree was always one of them right it was a no-brainer mm-hmm. even up until was i i think it was when I, wherever i worked at the end of 2020 mm-hmm. you know do they have a degree if it's no but now in fact nobody even looked at your degree hardly okay let me be careful let me not say that degrees are important yes if you want to go to university if you value that education absolutely go for it if you don't please rest assured that there are so many other things you could be doing is it a training course is it apprenticeships there's vocational training the rise in self-taught people as well as and it's, it's all it's all coming in line with you know the rise in technology tech jobs tech-based jobs all of this is all skilled based mm-hmm. and the fact that if you think about it some of our degrees are they're quite long yeah. you know te- and tech skills are evolving what every year you know today they'd say what well, we're using javascript oh no javascript has moved is now javascript xyzh i'm like okay cool Mm. so that means the person who studied javascript in the first year in his third year javascript is no longer valid so that's why nobody is really focusing on these degrees anymore it's now what what can you do right show me the skill show me the evidence let's see your portfolio because those kind of things you're constantly updating them so you could have a portfolio say okay this particular one i built it using this um when this new skill came out i tried this so, you know, the focus, plus, if you look at it, a lot of us, we studied, I mean, okay, well, I did HR, so I'm working in HR, but a lot of people studied things that they are not working in, you know, you know, so you mm. see, well, I studied sociology, but oh, I'm a finance analyst. Okay. Yeah. So you almost start to wonder, okay, yeah, so, so basically maybe the sociology helped you with maybe thinking in a certain way, but we can all see that when it comes to doing the job, how many times do you refer to the module you did in second year? It doesn't happen. Yeah never never <laughs> you know never, yeah. i don't i mean me i haven't studied law i mean 
sometimes <laughs> I, I see because obviously I work with you you know it's now employment law employment yes. law like, wasn't even now one of my modules so I'm like okay well you see I just well, studied employment that. law then <laughs> <laughs> well that's that you know yeah. Yeah. so there's less concern with degrees these days so I feel if anyone doesn't feel like they need to go to you that's fine but what we then want to see is what are you doing instead which it goes back to the point we talked about, you know, what are you doing? How, how much more, how, uh, you know, what step are you taking to better yourself to become ready for the job market? So that's one. And, you know, link to that again, no less concern with degrees, less concern with them, um, like credentials. Yeah. They're still great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to do that, make sure you do that to your best ability. You know, everybody's, so, I don't want to notice everybody's so smart these days. You know, I feel like, when we were in school, first class was like, mm, there were that many people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but now, like, everyone has, a, I'm like, how are you guys so smart? I love it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the people that came out with the first class class was like, oh, yeah, you know, they were, wow. You know, literally, you know, shout yeah. out to my friend, my, my girlfriend, but my friendship was only one person. Yeah. And they were like, eight of us. <laughs> but now, so, but now, first class is like everywhere. So, really, the degrees aren't really setting people apart again. It's now what else they got involved in. in at school, yes. you know, people are looking at the internships now, the personal projects, the boot camps and whatnot. And another thing is, as we said, as they're non-traditional candidates, even beyond school, is the non-linear career paths as well. With mm-hmm. career changes, career pivots, you know, there's something we now talk about called portfolio careers, right? Yeah. Which is just to think about portfolio, different things, yes. right? People are getting involved with so much more. And that is you know, it is so welcome in the job market these days. It points to soft skills. It points to yes. um, people who can think outside the box. It points to innovation. And that is what companies want. So that's happening. Yes. Um, obviously, we can, on the more um, employee side, we can see hybrid working is basically here to stay. So, you know, yes. pandemic levels, it was like fully remote. And then some people were going back. And then some people said, okay, maybe this fully remote thing. So while fully remote is there, I think it feels like hybrid working is here to stay. Okay. So, you know, if I guess if there are any employers listening to this, you probably want to look at what am I providing for my um, employees when it comes to managing hybrid, especially the managers when it comes to managing hybrid teams, because you still have yeah. those who want to be in the office. So meaning a manager could be managing someone who's in the UK, but, but comes to the office regularly um, in the UK, but doesn't come to the office regularly in yeah. Poland, you know, so how are we balancing that? And then for you on the employee side is thinking, how can I take advantage of all these skills all around the world to build my own experience, to build my own network? And there's something, yeah. you know, earlier in the year, earlier, no, it was late last year. So there was something they were called quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. there's now something called quiet hiring. Right. Mm-hmm. So quiet hiring is basically saying um, us as the employers, we're now focusing on it sounds it sounds a bit bad, but doing more with less. So rather than running to the market to employ anytime we need something, we're focusing on upskilling staff. There's so many hard to fill vacancies and it's taking us too long to employ. So mm-hmm. how can we upskill the existing staff? How can we increase their duties? This is where I need all employees, as we say, to wise up, because what you see, they'll be upskilling you. You'll be doing more, but the pay isn't paying so on the employer side you know they're enticing you with um you know you learn more before you know it by the end of the year you would have doubled your skill set and you see you're thinking oh yeah that's cool that's cool next thing you're doing three people's job for the for the price of one one. so you have to start advocating for yourself you know talking about your pay rises okay how is this going to translate in compensation if i understand okay we've just finished our bonus payouts or our pay review period so there might not be any out of cycle changes but when do I start the conversation again? Okay, that's fine. I'm going to meet with you weekly. Let's go through my achievements. Let's make sure I'm on track for that promotion media, you know. So as the employers are focusing up on upskilling you, you focus on raising your bag, please. Otherwise, you will yes. find out nothing for you, you know. Yes. And yes. then sadly, you know, the redund- you know redundancies and layoffs, yes. we've seen it in, you know, we've yeah, seen it yeah. a bit. It's it's slowing down i guess yeah. but employers are still planning to make some cuts you know the, the the market is shrinking we can see all of that so what that means for you as the candidate is just as we said you know said in the in the previous point focus on upskilling because if a market is going slow and people are trying to do more with less meaning as you're changing jobs you want to come with a bit more than the expected skill set the expected experience so if everybody on your level is expected to I don't know, do A, B, and C. Make sure you have the GH to add to it as well. 
so that you're saying, okay, I know all of these people have come back into the market because, you know, there have been lots of layoffs. But I do this, but this is my unique specialized skill with it. Mm-hmm. So you're also showing that employer how they can, you know, they can do more. You know, there's going to be, as part of intern and quiet hiring, there might be a lot of internal mobility as well. Yeah. So, you know, this is this is really a time to take as much as you can in terms of um, growth from um, the companies. Um, I think and any other trends are quite yeah hr jargon you know how yeah. well not really you know it's kind of always been like that the inflation you know you can see all the inflation but then the pay increases are struggling to keep up with the inflation so you of know course. you have to think what does that what does that mean for me is it that okay this place is not for me is it that i need to negotiate maybe more work from home day so i'm spending less on transportation yeah. is it that i need to think of okay um negotiating my hours so i can pick up more side projects and make more money yes yeah, that you know, that that's what at least I'm seeing. But yeah. there's so much more. There's only yeah. so much more. That's you no. Know, I mean, I'm going to just like park there because we've like we've you've touched on so much. You've touched on so much here. You know, um, just to go back, one of the things around first of all, it's it's less about your accolades and more about like what mm-hmm. you can do physically and like who you are as a mm-hmm. person. Because ultimately, you know, when people interview other people, it's how can you, you know, when I, when I, when I interview somebody, what, what's on my mind is, can I work with you? Like on, on mm-hmm. a day-to-day basis, can I work with you? You know, are you easy to work with? Is your communication clear? You know, how, how do you think if I ask you a question in the interview, like, how do you answer the question? Do you, you know, I, I want to know the, the workings of your mind, right? Do you go into, mm-hmm. do you tell me, this is how I'm going to answer the question. I'm going to tell you three things and therefore one, two, three then I know that we can work mm-hmm. together. Or do you go off on a tangent and then come back? In which case, maybe me and you may not work. So again, that's how interviewers mm-hmm. think. How can mm-hmm. I work with this person? Is How will this person be on my team? Are they coachable? Mm-hmm. Are they arrogant? Are they, you know, that kind of stuff. Versus, you know, again, and I think a lot of times with interviews, when you take down notes, and I'm sure some of you can relate to this, and this is how I mm-hmm. used to prep for interviews before I started interviewing others, and that when somebody's interviewing you, they're writing down things and, I'm trying to mm-hmm. I'm trying to make sure that they're writing down keywords that they because what happens they write down mm-hmm. notes and then they go back mm-hmm. to their team and debrief right. Mm-hmm. If you're saying a lot of jargon, a lot of complicated stuff, nobody's going to write that down. Like they're trying yeah. to write like simple English, like as if they're going to a three-year-old. So when you go in and yes. you're saying, so I did the you know the transformation of the 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 the, the do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the transformation of the really technical of the you know sounding yeah. very technical. Mm-hmm. The person doesn't write much, but when you say yes. I helped the team change, the team was struggling with this yes. over a period of two months. I worked with them on one, two, three, so that they could then yes. do this. The person interviewing right. you can write that down in English because it's English, right? So again, it's about yes. showing what you can do, communicating that. Honestly. The second thing you talked about is upskilling. You know, again, um, things are changing, and you know, you touched on something mm-hmm. so powerful before, which is your degree was maybe four years or three years or whatever, and mm-hmm. you've been doing something, or you've even been in a role for three years and you've been doing the exact same thing, and now mm-hmm. something is now changing in the marketplace because, as we've seen since COVID, like things are moving a million miles an hour. You need to be upskilling, right? One of the things 100%. you talked about managing hybrid teams. There's a book um, on Amazon. Um, it's called um, um, "Influencing Virtual Teams: So Tactics to Get mm-hmm. Things Done When With Your Remote Employees." It's by a guy called mm-hmm. Hassan Osman. And again, that's mm-hmm. a book that somebody could read, and then all of all of a sudden, you're the expert on you know how to work with virtual teams. How to, so that's impact that you can have. That's value add that you can talk about in an interview if that was your line of work. So I'm just saying that. Mm-hmm be very aware of the trends in your industry and upskill to match those trends you know spend your weekends your free time whenever you can upskilling to match the trends in your industry Mm -hmm. and then finally quiet hiring talk about quiet hiring and that (laughs) one is you know that one is is again because you know within my coaching business and you know the course that that we create one of the things is when you realize when when is it the time to start looking to expand your portfolio career doing other things and one of the things is when you realize that your impact to impact um, impact to income ratio is very low right Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. means you're you have high impact in your company but your income is not matching you know it's not giving what it's Mm -hmm. supposed to give right in respect to Mm -hmm. your impact so your impact if you realize that actually my impact to income ratio is not giving then i need to consider a portfolio career or i need to consider you know how do i negotiate i need to brush up on negotiation Mm -hmm. skills again Mm -hmm. maybe speaking to a career coach and how do i you know ask for more what can i be asking Mm -hmm. for what other benefits either monetary or non-monetary that i could be asking for you know what can i do with that so those are really really powerful things um you know i i'm so pleased that you covered this question because 
honestly, I think that is that is the beauty of having an expert in house because then you're able to share things and share what they mean for people. You know, because mm-hmm. you might have seen even like me, I've seen online. You know, oh, there's maybe quiet, quiet, um, quiet, quiet resignations or a quiet quitting. Yeah. <laughs> there's also remote teams, but what does that mean for me? You know, so if you're mm-hmm. listening, I love how you just for each of the trends, you've really tied it back to what it means for everybody. That's really, really helpful to me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having um, me. Loving it. Yes. <laughs> and then we have, you know, we're just wrapping up, but I'll ask you one thing and then I'll ask you like a wild card question. So something that has nothing to do with career at all. Okay. What is more important um, in the long run, job title or job compensation? It depends on what's important to you. So, the way I see that question, right, your, first of all, your, well, for me, and this advice I give everyone, mm-hmm. your career should always fund or support your lifestyle. Put, you know, as we said at the beginning, everything sh- career-wise should be so personal. Forget about these companies. What does Tomi want? What does Miwa want? What does whoever's listening want? Right, so are you maybe a woman who's trying to advance in like, a very male-dominated organization, and because you are there, you know, social status is important, being well-defined professionally, you know, because of that, it's very important for you to claim your success, you know, you want to be in leadership, then obviously in that stage, your job title might be more important, right? Because you might be earning, what, six figures, but everybody still sees you as the finance admin. Mm. But you might be earning, you know, maybe... 50k but your title is that as you say you're probably underpaid but your title is that you're the lead vp for something and something emerging market so everyone is coming to you and that's how you get you know that's that's what gives you satisfaction mm-hmm. you know you could realize okay yeah we could do the pay later but for now my my status needs to be this because maybe when i'm moving to my next step you know, you've realized, okay, yes, I'm underpaid. I want to move soon, but I have to have this title so that when I'm moving to the next step, I'm commanding that respect. You know, so if your if your lifestyle or your value at that time is more respect, more credibility, and that can only be be um, taken by a job title, then of course the job title is more important. But thankfully, I don't exist in those worlds. You know, yeah. for me, is the pay. Yes. You know, because yeah. higher pay is higher pay. Yeah. You know, I want you know if you want to you know you just need more money to fund your life to pay these damn bills to help you keep yeah. up with this cost of living to help yeah. you with your family to to help you outsource things you know so you can have more me time if you do feel like you know what was that thing we is it the maslow hierarchy of needs yes, so you know and at the bottom is just the basic needs yeah right so yeah. and so that's when job compensation is important so it really is in black and white it really what is most important to you and it is something important to you now it might not be important to you next year you know if you realize okay maybe i need this yeah. job title right now fine get the job title okay then from job title we switch to more pay it could be okay if it's not more pay um i could even just need more benefits which is why you know sometimes when people are not able to get the pay they want i say okay so negotiate a, a different job title right so that when you're going to your next step it will help you signal bring on um something more yeah, yeah so it, it really depends on on where you are yeah and what you value at the time yeah perspective is so powerful it's you know again it's more around what what does it mean for you like what what is important to you again i'm 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 with you on like i think initially you know maybe first couple of years of my career the title was super important but then once i got mm-hmm. out of the way my mind was just on the money. Money, okay. money, money, it money. It was just like money. <laughs> girl. I feel you. Like, girl, like if you know, if it if it's if it's if it's um you know, if it if it's paying me more then yes. And what was so mm-hmm. interesting actually is so recently so I had stayed at a role, I just got in this new role again huge jumping compensation and then I had been mm-hmm. there for like nine months and then I got this you know another role right and um the role that I'm in now and again of course even more compensation than that I mean it only mean nine months and so I was mm-hmm. trying to move and it was so funny it's like I'm now got what 30 and I'm married living in my own house but I was scared to tell my dad mm-hmm. I was like oh how am I gonna tell my dad <laughs> <laughs> I told my mom, don't tell daddy yet, you know, just tell him, I tell him that, let me just do the interviews, like, I'm not even sure, you know, you know, I'm just seeing, you know, and so it was a whole thing, and so I had now gotten the offer, signed it, and my mom was like, when are you going to tell that? I was like, I'll tell him, I'll tell him, so even my husband was like, I don't understand, why can't you just tell that, and it, of course my dad is like, baby, my, you know, traditionally anyway, 
has always been like, oh, you know, dogged, like staying the same job, yeah, and, you know, rise up the ranks and that. And I thought he's going to be so upset about this. Anyway, I had a so I had a meeting with him. I was like, well, I have to discuss something with Nothing you again. Mean. This. Like this is like typical, like you know, Nigerian parent. Like I was afraid. Why? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> So I was like, oh, I wanted to just have this conversation with you. By the way, I got this job. You know, I'm still, I think I even said, oh, but, you know, I haven't, like, confirmed. Like, it's not anything. I just wow. wanted to see what you think. So anyway, I had, had and then I posted the conversation. I was like, the compensation is better. But, you know, Bobby said, I know it's not about the money. Because, again, you know, big boomers, they don't really... <laughs> They don't really roll with mm-hmm. that kind of money chat. They don't so, guess. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, it's not about He was like, actually, let me stop you there. That one thing now, obviously, he's now much older, like years in his career. Mm-hmm. That one of the mistakes he now realizes now, given what, like, given the the generation we're in, given the times that we're in, mm-hmm. is that it's actually about the money, and you know, you shouldn't yes. be don't don't shy away from that. He's like, that's probably one of the mistakes that he made in his career was that you know he mm-hmm. always used to have that. Um, mentality when he was working like oh it's not about the money it's about you know mm-hmm. time. so it was interesting to see that he he had also changed perspective they're changed, honestly they're really changing they're seeing they're things from, I, I love it what, so we're doing a number the of them I know I know <laughs> so it's actually about the time that you're in like the times that you're in mm-hmm. you're existing yeah. and all of that so you know because what you said very early on in our conversation was in those days you were rewarded for loyalty and there was yeah. no perks and all of that and if there isn't any more then why why would you do that thank why? you so Exactly. Me. You're welcome. I actually just wanted to add mm-hmm. one more thing. You know, yes. to make it personal again. Just, just to agree with your point on what was important. So when I first moved to the UK, as of course, obviously I was struggling to get the job, just mm-hmm. making it, making a fool of my entire career. So the first job I went for was admin, just because I couldn't get anything, but these bills needed to be paid. So I'm like, I need a job. So that's why I was telling you, look, I've worked like six jobs in the yeah. um, last three years because title was very important to me at that time i had basically shaved off years of my career by coming back and telling them here that oh i'm the admin absolutely not i was chasing titles i'm like look i need to somehow go back to a senior within the next three years otherwise i'm going to be stuck low pay low band you know how am i how am i going to explain to someone oh yes i'm senior but i was just an admin here so i was honestly i was job hopping so from here i was just moving 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 and then yeah so now, just like you, yeah, okay, we've done the titles. Now, I'm, I guess where I'm supposed to be progressing steadily, and it's all about the money now. So, yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, so I mean, this was incredible. Um, I want to <laughs> thanks for having me. This was fun. This is so so. It was so much fun. Like, love. You know, your perspective is so. I mean, I didn't expect anything less, but you wowed us. You know, so many notes oh, that we're taking and all that. So, me. thank you so much. A lot of people who will be listening, of course, might fall into many of these you know, categories you. we've touched on. And I just want to know where can we find you? What do you have? How can you know if somebody needs help? What's the best way for them to find you? work with you you know just get some help gladly sure i mean one thing with my career house i try to keep my content as practical as possible because you know contrary to what many people think you know i'm not i'm not like oh yes you must book me you must work for me the point of my career my career couch and someone was asking me on a live the other day like where did the name come from i'm like as cheesy as it sounds i just wanted people to first of all call it my so that when they so that even you call it my career couch so it seems like yours and then obviously a couch is like comfortable like just feel comfortable to ask anything so first place to check out is definitely my instagram i have a lot of content that is as practical as possible and i purposely make it that way right but I also realized that some people need one-on-one help. So you can then just either book a consultation or book a particular service. So my website is www.my-careercouch.com or, you know, just go on the Instagram and everything is there in the link in my bio. But yeah, that's, that's the best place to find me my career couch Instagram. I try, I try to build my social media and all of that in different channels, but you know, I'm like, you know what, <laughs> this one is working. You know, I try to go on the TikTok, I try to do the Twitter. I'm just like, yeah, my, I, I'm on Instagram, guys. Just find me on Instagram. Yes. Okay. So for everyone listening, we'll definitely link it in, you know, in the notes for the for the episode. You find Tony's website and Instagram and all of that. Um. So thank you so so much, Tony. Like this, this was, was fun. Loved loved this. You know, thank you, and obviously we we'll catch Thanks up offline as we usually do. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me.